How are you feeling? I am processing what you just said, but <laughs> use, but I use my diaphragm for that right there. I think today I'm just grateful mm. uh, to be present for the day, uh, to be present for the challenges, the I, learning moments, the outcome, you know, I'm just, I feel grateful. I feel grateful as well. I feel like I'm, um, practicing like each parts of my identity today in preparation of things that are ahead but it feels good way to go thank you all for tuning into another episode of soul affirmations with felicia and kariga with kariga and felicia and most importantly you the listener on the black love podcast network all right hey yeah so you got a formation for us i have an affirmation for us i have an affirmation for me Okay. I feel like today, this one is just like directly talking to me mm-hmm. and you all get to listen in. Okay. Because okay? I got wrecked the other day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we were in Atlanta? Yes, I did. <laughs> I'll tell you what I learned. But um, if you have your text, turn with me to page 38 from the Soul Affirmations Toolkit for Reflection and Manifesting the Light Within. Mm-hmm. 38 reads. Today, I acknowledge the gift of impermanence. Neither struggle nor ease will last forever. So I learned to have respect for them both. Mm. Today, I acknowledge the gift of impermanence. Neither struggle nor ease will last forever. So I learned to have respect for them both. Mm-hmm. Mm. This is a special affirmation. Like to see impermanence as a gift requires this reframe that did not come by ease alone right right it involved struggle but right. the struggle didn't last and so, i'm and yeah. i'm in the spectrum of the the gift side of it now mm. right and it's um what's unique though when i was reading this affirmation mm-hmm. and it says neither struggle nor ease will last forever i also thought about how those might be how, how they might be interchangeable, how they might flip all according to what you see as the struggle or what you see as the ease. Mm. Absolutely. Since neither one of them are going to last for, forever. Which side is the struggle side or which side is the easy side? Right. I'm going to tell y'all where this affirmation finds me today. All right. Okay. I have been intentional about my language to make sure that I Acknowledge that my two-year-old is a terrific two-year-old. <laughs> and I love that you do that. It is such a great reminder for us all. Because I grew up hearing terrible. Oh, without a doubt. I grew up hearing a lot of things that are inconsistent with my lived experiences now. And I grew up hearing a lot of things um, that I didn't necessarily choose the language for myself. Mm. So if I'm not choosing the language for myself, then how can I choose the lived experience or the outcome? 
Hmm. Right. So language is really important and really powerful. And since that's y'all business, me and my two is going to be terrific. Even if that two challenges the two of us. Yeah. To no end. How's that for some bars? Right. <laughs> Not like that. To no end. To no end. But the challenge is also. It's part of the gift of impermanence. Right. Mm. And whatever is challenging me now won't last forever. And whatever I enjoy most about the dynamic won't last forever. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it's really making me take inventory of each moment. Wow. The challenges, the joys, all of it. I am cherishing each moment and taking inventory of it. So y'all know we travel with Kamali quite a bit, right? Yeah. And every time, every city, every airport, every coffee shop, (laughs) everywhere we go, a father looks at me and says, it goes by quick. They do, don't they? I feel like I hear that all the time too. Every, no matter race, no matter presentation, no matter age or demographic, they look at me with a, with a warm smile and remind me it goes by quick. Wow, that is so true. I appreciate you naming that, that it's happened every single time. Every. I haven't like paid that much attention, but now that you've brought it to me, like I can recall so many instances in passing. Passing moments. It's always in passing. And they like cherish it. One, one, one guy was telling me he was on his way to his one daughter's graduation, one daughter's wedding. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. They were just, okay. Another gentleman got in the elevator. I had a car seat on my back. (laughs) I had two large suitcases (laughs) and a duffel bag. Uh And he walks and says, "Um, you need to carry more stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And I appreciated the comedic timing of it all. But he just talked about when he was on holiday with his children. He remembers carrying all these things. And here he is by himself. Yep. And how easy it was. How easy it was, but also how much he missed them while they were little. Isn't that mind blowing? Ooh. And all of it, think about it. This is on the elevator. This only happened within a couple of seconds, this conversation. Everywhere I go. Yeah. Now, fortunately for me, I'm a good audio learner. Mm-hmm. I remember sound bites. Mm-hmm. I remember what people say. I remember how it makes me feel. I remember where I heard it. Mm-hmm. That's been part of my gift my whole life. So I'm recalling these things and why are they happening and why are they saying this? Mm. And, you know, when I'm, <laughs> when I am carrying a heavy load, figuratively, literally on my back, <laughs> and Kamali's in the airport telling me where we're going to go and telling me what we're going to do. <laughs> As if she knows where she's going. Or maybe she does. Excuse me. <laughs> but in those moments when they encourage me or tell me it goes by quick or they remember when theirs were young. It's just kind of like. Uh, it's kind of like the. Uh, just noise from the stands. Mm. All I'm trying to do is get this two year old back in the direction <laughs> of our gate. Right. But the words of encouragement and however they fall. Now I can remember them all. Yeah. And. I'm taking inventory of what I heard because of a conversation, 
I had with Pierre in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Tell us who Pierre is. Y'all. Okay. Pierre, candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the candidates are friends of the Baileys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been friends since before any of us had children. Yeah. Uh, we used to live in the DMV together. That's right. Uh, they used to produce events. They did. And we went to some of their events and got to know each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we became friends through that journey. Mm-hmm. Our families have made a couple trips together. Yeah. We did Palm Springs. Just last year. But we, I remember when their firstborn, yeah. Taylor Alligator, was born. I remember when Taylor was born. I can't stop calling her Taylor Alligator, even though she's about to be 11. That is Taylor Alligator. Can't stop. She was the cutest. I remember all her bows. <laughs> but in this, in this journey of family and fatherhood, the candidates have been there for us every step of the way. Yeah. In our family planning, in our grief, mm-hmm. in our joy, mm-hmm. in just the in-between moments of like, can you watch Kamali real quick, right? <laughs> we have this ongoing bond that is more than a decade and has spanned it across several cities. Mm-hmm. So we were visiting uh, the candidates in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And Kamali is just making her way around the house. Okay. And most of the things that she's asking for include um, bluey, <laughs> chocolate, uh-huh. and wants to go upstairs and play with Aubrey yeah, in cook. his room and cook. Yeah. yeah, she wants to cook in his room. He has a little grill set. Oh, that's what's happening. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. It, it lights up. It gets hot. Yeah. Okay. So that's what she said. She's out there cooking. Yeah. And she's going upstairs to cook. So she goes upstairs by herself. Mm-hmm. And she comes downstairs by herself yeah. whenever she wants. I've seen it. Okay. But this morning, <laughs> she stood at the top of the stairwell. I believe I was taking a call. I was multitasking. But she's standing at the top of the steps and she's asking me to come get her. <laughs> Pierre hears it, sees it. I try to negotiate with her to come down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like do it yourself. I know you can do it. Yeah. Or even as you call, you know, I debated her a little bit. <laughs> you have to do it a two year old. It's a little bit of debate. It's not really negotiation. <laughs> but in that moment, I ask her to come down. And I end up going to get her. But I want to focus on my mindset while going to get her. Okay. I asked her to come down. I pleaded with her to come down. Mm hmm. And when I had to go get her, yes, this is my daughter. I'm going to go do it. But in that moment, I would have preferred if she would have come down. Mm-hmm. So I did it because she's my child and she asked me to. Mm-hmm. But that mindset, there's so much more I can, I can, I can make intentional action. And it's not just because I'm her father, just because she asked me mm-hmm. the mindset. So later in this day, <laughs> Pierre and I are in the kitchen making lunch for the kids. And he said to me, you know, dog, this remind me of a story my father-in-law used to tell me. And I said, what? He said, man, it's like you're so used to picking up your child or putting them down. And one day, the day is going to come where you put them down for the last time 
and you won't even know when that day is. Mm. It'll just be Ooh. the last time you put them down. You will not be picking them up again. No. Hey, hold on. No. Man. Hold on. I'm emotional again. <laughs> I came here to talk about this. I'm emotional again. And when he told me that, it wrecked me, y'all. I ran off. <laughs> and there's different types of crying. Let me see if I can illustrate this for you. You know, you got the big boo-hoo, the, we- the weep. You got the <laughs> That's when I remember when I got in trouble when I was younger, right? You might have got whooped or something. You <laughs> can't breathe. <laughs> then you have like this silent, like this joyful tear. Mm-hmm. But this cry or these tears most mimic recess for me. Okay. Recess. It felt like it felt like the best part of the game was about to be over. And you didn't want it to be and over. And I didn't want it to be over. And I wiped my eyes with my whole right arm. Oh. Imagine taking your whole arm and dragging it across your eyes, right? Like almost mm-hmm. like, you know, that kind of like that big boys don't cry kind of wipe. Mm-hmm. Except I knew I was crying. Okay. So I walked off, washed my <laughs> face and I came back. And this anecdote for me was so pivotal in fatherhood. But I've since learned that it is a, a a nug for parenthood, period. Yeah. The idea that our children demand of us, ask of us, require. But every day they are inching toward their independence. And nobody can show you that better than a two year old with their shoes on the wrong foot. Okay, <laughs> like itching toward independence and they want to get dressed by themselves and I mean, if I even open her her sippy cup, if I lift that straw and she wants to lift that straw, it's over. It's a wrap. It is a wrap. It's at least a six minute, at least a six minute delay on the day. But I recognize like she's inching for this independence, right? Mm -hmm. So when she asks me to come get her at the top of the stairs, I'm remembering this version of her that is independent and capable of coming down and going up as she chooses. Yeah. And that's what I want her to engage in because it is most convenient to the task I'm currently involved in. Exactly. The task I'm currently involved in. Mm-hmm. But there are tasks that I'm currently involved in and there's a, there's something that I, who I am forever. Right? Mm-hmm. My tasks are not as permanent as my role as a father. My tasks are not as permanent as my role as a husband. Yeah. So I also have the opportunity like to place these things on a hierarchy, if you will, or at least frame for me how I attend to her, mm-hmm. both verbal and nonverbal, mm-hmm. because all of it is communication. And what we do and say and what we don't do and don't say to our children cause them to have communication internally. Right. About who we are and what our intentions are. So. When P breaks this down to me, y'all, it was like a standstill moment. Time froze. And I can think about all the times she's asked me to pick her up and all the times I've encouraged her to employ the independence that I just saw your two year old self employing 10 minutes ago. (laughs) Right. But that's the balance of being human and being a parent and having a toddler. Mm -hmm. But beyond her independence, beyond her requests is the joy that I get to engage in when picking her up, when she wants me to pick her up. 
when she's asking for it. I can attend to that with a joy, knowing that I've been afforded one more time before my last time. Mm. Wow. And it makes present. It makes being present a different practice. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the difference between. I have to. And I want to or I get to. Mm-hmm. I get to. Right. I get one more chance. I remember all the things we wish we would have gotten in yeah. September of 2019, the moments we wanted to have. Mm-hmm. Here we are in the midst of several moments. And the thing about moments in a two-year-old is that they change so very quickly. <laughs> okay. What, what begins as smiles mm-hmm. uh, can easily turn into heart-stopping tears. <laughs> taking your breath away literally we have to tell her (laughs) to breathe that's how intense her crying is Mm. but none of that even comes close to this idea that just as i see kamali growing each day and i seen taylor grow and my nieces grow right some college age some college graduates some high school age middle school age I remember when they were all babies. And it I swear to you, it doesn't feel like much has changed. Mm. I don't feel like I've changed that much. But I love that you say it like this because Pierre and Brittany posted two pictures side by side or one above, one below, literally from last year and this year. Mm-hmm. And to see how much the babies have changed, their son Aubrey and Kamali. Yeah. It's like evidence like this. This is about to move and shake on you. But where? Right. Where? And then, you know, and then you get in that. That mode is like, yo, I've heard this before. Right. Yeah. When my mom was looking at all of us walking to the house and says, where did the time go? Right. <laughs> we are constantly asked that question. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I have investigated time as a construct on several instances, uh, often the spectrum of grief. But I'm examining time in the spectrum of being present Mm -hmm. with the ones I love and enjoying the moments, even when they challenge me. Mm. Because all it is is growing me and evolving me. Right. My days in the classroom that I learned the most were not the days when my lesson went exactly the way I wanted it to go. Mm. The days where I learned the most is when things didn't go according to the way I planned them. So that's the gap, right? The gap between what you know and what you are about to learn. Yeah. Is when things change. And time is changing and Kamali is changing. And her list of demands are changing. (laughs) Some things remain consistent. Right. Like her desire for Rice Krispies. (laughs) But even that will be impermanent. True. But. Though I know it will be impermanent one day, it feels very permanent now. I just want to make this. I just have to say this. I have to get this off my heart. I have to practice. This is part of my mental wellness. Um, Wet Rice Krispies. Mm-mm. Might be the hardest cereal to clean up. 
on any surface. would have to agree. Hardwood floor or carpet. <laughs> they don't even, you can't pick them up. Don't let it get in her hair. Lord, you can't sweep it. It turns into this paste. <laughs> right? And if it's there too long and gets dry, then she just... Now it's formed a bond. <laughs> so, um, it, parents out there, just give me some hacks for cleaning up uh, Rice Krispies. Because apparently, she requires... The reason why she always wants like two or three bowls is because like 25% of each bowl never ends up in her mouth. <laughs> but as I also laughably complain about wet Rice Krispies, <laughs> I realize that I get the privilege to make her that bowl of cereal in the morning. Mm-hmm. I get the privilege to make her eggs and her toast. And there'll be a time where she makes breakfast and she's out the house before I even notice. Hey, man, I'm not ready for that. She's anything like me, not like you. I don't think that ever actually happened with you. I don't think you actually made breakfast and left before anybody noticed. I don't think that's your style. No, 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 no. I communicated. Yeah, you slept in for sure. (laughs) That's not what I just said. (laughs) I mean, that's what I remember. But no, the day is going to come, Fee. She's going to make herself something to eat and be gone before we even notice. Mm. Mm. I am recounting this story and a couple of things stand out to me. One of them is um, asking self why. And I love that in this story and reflecting about Uh, the lesson that you got from Pierre, that he got from his father-in-law, that he may have gotten from his father or father-in-law, right? This messaging that has been passed down that is very true across generations. Um, But it's what stands out to me about this is your practice of reflection and how important that is to reflect upon these lessons, right? And you said it yourself, like, You've got a lot of sound bites in passing. And when you're in the heat of the moment working with Kamali and her terrific two status, you may not necessarily want to hear that. Sometimes it's a, like a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. in the moment because you feel understood. There's this opportunity for connectedness in that, in that moment, especially in the airport. People are watching you. Yeah, I yeah. really appreciate the looks and like directly in my eyes telling me like, I understand mm-hmm. you're not tripping. It's them. But... <laughs> The, the practice of coming back to the table and, and reflecting on this and allowing yourself to see like that the moment, even when she is being so terrific, mm-hmm. is one that should be cherished and remembered. Oh, yes. I think it's so dope that we're able to do that. And I want to honor that not all parents even have the time or capacity to do so. Yeah. You know, um, and even down to like choosing this language for ourselves, I thought that is so powerful, right? Because we are handed down this language. And But let me share with you, the language was handed down to me from another father. That's true. So I, if to know me, so like I'm, I'm actively learning and gathering information on any experience that I'm in. It could be my birth order. It could be my learning style, but I've always leaned in 
to folks who have been doing a particular task longer than I have, mm-hmm. not to tell me how to do it, but to reveal to me what they found while doing it. So important. Right. And I'll, I'll make my own understandings. Mm-hmm. So no one is telling me what to do. They're just telling me it goes by quick. And, it, mm-hmm. and I've heard it a hundred times. <laughs> right? Yes. But the father who told me terrific too, I just thought it was so profound that he typed that. And I knew that he understands the power of words and intentions. Mm-hmm. And I just put that in my pocket and I never, wow. I never walked away from it. I love that. And the other thing that sticks out for me as we're like remembering these moments is I have found like, like you, where I'm trying to do something else that's in front of me, whatever task that is that I'm finding to be important, mm-hmm. that Kamali might step in and really like ask for something, like pick me up. And I'm doing similarly to what you are like, hey, no, I need you to, I need you to do this for yourself. And as I'm reflecting on it, I love that she does that. I love that she calls me to the moment mm-hmm. because in actuality, like, I've lived an experience where I know what it's like to de- desire to have someone ask you to pick them up. Mm-hmm. Like I remember those feelings. I remember those moments. Some of my favorite are like when she's pulling me because I remember the desire to want to have a grip on my hand, yep. you know? So it's, it's so, she's so, she's so mindful sometimes to me because she really pulls me back in to, to even today. Like we're chilling in the bed. She has to wash Daniel Tiger. And I'm on my phone, like, you know, trying to plan the week. Here come her foot kicking my phone out of my hand. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, like, man, why you got to act like this? And I was able to realize, like, no, she's asking for my attention. Yep. And I'm and and right now is is a sweet enough moment where I can give it to her. Children are masterful at calling us into the present. Masterful. It's almost where they only live. (laughs) right but it's a reminder for me like you said this gift of impermanence yep i remember i have a memory and it informs how i how i move forward in our relationship so i celebrate and cherish all of those moments with her Mm. how how no matter how terrific they get give them to me (laughs) give them to me give them to me me. every terrific moment you got man i'm here for it i think about I talk a lot about my desire to understand fatherhood as an experience, not just my own child and raising my own child, but the very, the very many different nuances of fatherhood and mm-hmm. fathers who don't get the game like I got. Or right? the time to like reflect on the lessons. The time right? to reflect on lessons or, or feel safe enough uh, to say, here's what I want to do differently Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it gets really hard to say what you want to do differently from your own earnest presentation when you feel you're being critiqued on the job you're doing already. Hmm. So you just make the change, but you don't feel safe enough to say, Hey, I want support in this direction or this direction because you already feel so heavily judged. Right. So you just kind of figure it out for yourself. But like this tendency for people to just figure it out for themselves, although we have to figure out our own children for ourselves, we don't have to start with a blank slate on what the needs are of children. You might have to learn the needs of your child specifically. Mm-hmm. But when you understand the needs of children and what is cognitively happening at two, right. you understand why it's more terrific than anything else. 
right? They are making these synapses. Their brain is working faster than it ever has before. They are finding their language formation. They are learning sense of direction. They are learning the people who are in their lives, the positions, the permanence. They're learning location. They're learning who lives where, Mm. who am I visiting? Who are my friends? They're learning, they're learning, they're learning, they're learning. (laughs) And there's nothing more sweet than to watch your child engage in this rapid growth and development that's even hard for them. It's even hard for them. And much like when we change or whether you're in your uh, academic study or your workplace or your body's changing or you're at a certain intersection or a generation where you just find yourself, things are changing. Right. Um, right now at this age, it happens to look like parenthood. You might be having children. Your friends be having children. People around you are having children. You might also desire to want to have children. You currently don't have them yet. So you're just looking at all the children that's happening around you. And then you have like the other age all depends when they start getting into sports and you have common experiences with people who have sports, (laughs) uh, children who have, uh, people who have their children in sports and then you have common experiences with, you know, the academic and the and the standardized testing and the college choices. Mm-hmm. You do all these things in these cohorts. Right. Mm-hmm. And I get that. But there's also a part of like. This parenthood experience where. When you're in it. The mindset you have while you're in it. Determines so much of what you believe is happening to you. Mm. Right. The real reason why I don't get. I've been able to train myself to not be embarrassed by whatever Kamali presents in public is because I know what's happening. And if you were privileged to have children, too, you caught this fade, too. Right. <laughs> they, caught this fade. Yeah. These two year olds give our face. You know, everybody's indiscriminate. So I at least give myself the grace of not worrying about what someone else is saying. But I learned that because I was a teacher in the classroom for years and I realized that a lot of times the teacher's desire for control is based on how they think they're being judged by their peers or their superior. It's not really best on what the kids need. It's best on what makes me feel like I am confident and competent in the task if somebody should walk by and look at my classroom. But since I know no matter who walks by and looks in my classroom with parenting and life, This is my journey. I get to enjoy it. And your opinions and or evaluations or critiques, they don't weigh in here. Mm. However, I am open to all the practices that help me be more present with the joy of being Kamali's parent. Mm -hmm. So that's the game I want to receive. Yeah. You dig what I'm saying? Absolutely. And as I as I think about what it means to be called present the privilege of picking her up the challenge of putting her down when I'd much rather hold her because (laughs) I know that the display of candy is at her eye level in the store okay I know it I'm trying to prevent I welcome it all as joy I lean into all of it Um, even though we talk about like what this means to be a father I want to share with folks something I learned from a mother, okay, uh, a listener to the podcast, uh, a, li- a supportive soul affirmations, the books. Joy wrote me, okay, mm-hmm. and she said, 
what you just shared is not just for the fathers. Mm. She says, I don't know if all mothers experience this, but as I think about the joy of being able to attend to my children and pick them up, I am challenged by how small of a window I have that I'm physically able to pick them up. She says, I'm just guessing you might be able to pick them up longer than I can. Real life. She says, so between the short moments of picking them up, him growing rapidly, me having another child, being postpartum, my strength and my patience isn't the same. But the message you gave, Reg, it helped me as well. So this nug is beyond the spectrum of fatherhood and inclusive of all parenthood. May we attend to each day with the gift of being present as best as we can. And may we attend to the day with the knowing that the impermanence means neither the struggle nor the ease lasts forever. Mm. So I encourage us all to have respect for them both. Thank you, Riga, for taking us on that journey and reminders to reflect on our practice in parenthood, to be present and to know that impermanence is a gift, a beautiful one and one that we can learn from. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmation with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia. And most importantly, you, the listener on the Black Love Podcast Network. Thank you to our executive producers, Cody and Tommy Oliver. Thank you to our producer, Crystal Hill. And our lovely team of editors, Michael Bryant <laughs> and Co. Yes. Thank you all so much uh, from our family to yours. May we all love more abundantly. Peace. Peace.